On the line with us is Michael Cutler. Uh, he's a former special agent with the INS, which was kind of the pre-ICE pre organization. And you've seen him on TV. He's got an amazing website, and he has a real heart for America, the American people. Michael Cutler, it's so great to talk to you this morning. Well, thank you so much, Kim. Thanks for that introduction. Happy Friday to everybody out there. Happy Friday. Happy Washington's birthday to you. Indeed. Indeed. Isn't it sad that we've gone to President's Day and we forget which two presidents? I mean, we don't, but so many people, I guess, have, possibly. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, it's concerning. So, of course, um, Abraham Lincoln's birthday was earlier in the month, as well as Ronald Reagan's birthday yep. was earlier in the month. But we, I don't want to waste yep. any time because there's so much information yep. that, uh, that uh, we have some questions for you. And one of the okay. first questions regarding immigration is I have talked to people uh, that are concerned about the migration of wildlife, that a border wall would actually adversely affect wildlife migration. Uh, Please address that. Okay, look, nothing that we as humans do does not impact in some way the planet, other creatures, whether we're large or small, Uh, You build windmills, we wind up killing birds, okay? You build a housing development, you will, you know, dig up ant colonies. At at what point do we say we're not going to do anything, we're not even going to walk because you might step on on an insect? Uh, I don't want to minimize or trivialize your concerns about animals. I'm an animal lover. One of my favorite bumper stickers says, the more people I meet, the more I love my dog. (laughs) Okay? So... I'm an animal lover. I truly am. I worry about the environment. I don't buy into global warming, as we've been told about it, but I do worry that we're polluting the environment by burning lots of fossil fuels. So, but we've got to understand that we could get ourselves mired to the point that we never build another house, we don't drive cars, we will stand in place, and, and then we could all starve to death because we won't be able to grow enough food to feed ourselves. Because every single action that we take has an impact on the, echo, on the ecosystem of the planet. And, you know, we have to understand that. And, yes, I don't want to see animals harmed, but all too frequently people use these what I call lame excuses to find a reason to not secure our borders. And I believe that many of the people who are making those cases are doing so either because they really don't understand the magnitude of the threat that we face, and God knows... America has been the most, uh, the kindest animals, or one of the kindest countries to animals. Under, God forbid, a different regime, if we lose our wonderful republic, God only knows what atrocities could be committed. But people have an agenda. And open borders, the flood of narcotics, the flood of cheap labor, is a huge enterprise that involves trillions, not billions, but trillions of dollars. That's why I believe you're not hearing anything about stopping the use of drugs. The campaign against cigarette smoking has been so effective that when you buy a new car, there's no longer ashtrays or cigarette lighters in the car. Think about that. Why that is don't fascinating. You see comparable, why don't you see a comparable effort to get people to modify their behavior to stop using drugs? Every other commercial on TV is peddling a drug that you probably need a prescription for, and every other commercial is a law firm promising to help you if you've been injured by one of these drugs. Think about that. I had not. No, I had not really thought about it like that. Interesting. Regarding migration of animals, though, uh, as as you mentioned, I mean, there's cause and effects. And and ultimately, I I 
totally agree. We are to be good stewards of the earth. Uh, but that doesn't 100%. mean that we don't that we don't make sure that the first value is human beings. And so if there so if there is unfettered wildlife migration, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that you're going to have unfettered bad guys possibly coming in here as well. That, that's exactly, and that's why many people making the argument are cynically making the argument. Look, how many times do you have to hear, if you build a 20-foot wall, they'll come with a 25-foot ladder? And if we can't deport the 11 million, and Harvard and MIT have done studies that say it might be double or more, that number, I believe it's even much more than that. Sanctuary cities certainly don't give us any means of determining how many illegal aliens are in the country. This is a huge impact. It's an impact on the environment. It's an impact on the power grid. It's an impact on the food supply. Each person has a footprint if you want to talk about the environment. It's not just the house they live in. Yes, we could warehouse people in, 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 in tall buildings and, and have a micro apartment and say, look, how much space do you need for a person? What no one stops to think about is how much food do we have to grow? How much clean water do we have to come up with? How much electricity do we have to create just to sustain minimally each and every person who comes to America? This cause and effect. You know, um, I don't know if, if anyone remembers this, but I know when I was a kid, if you went out with a girl, your friends would say, well, put a, make up a column, positives and negatives, right? And we do that about the decisions we make. Should I buy a car or lease a car? So you put down a list. What's positive about that? What's negative and so forth? If you look at open borders, the impact on the environment, the impact on national security and public safety, the impact on education, <clears throat> the impact on urban sprawl and pollution all rises dramatically. It's ironic that in New York they want congestion pricing because we have wall-to-wall people, and we also have God knows how many hundreds of thousands, if not a million illegal aliens living just inside New York City. So the sanctuary policies attracts this huge population that shouldn't be here, and now they want to tax us because of what they've created. It's like going to Tony Soprano for protection, and he promises to not throw bricks through your window. Okay. You know, uh, this is... I, I have to share this very quickly with you, Michael, as you were ma- making that comment. I just got this text message from one of our listeners, and he says, Migration of animals... He said, are liberals finally admitting that MS-13 gang members are animals? <laughs> I thought, well, that's, a little, that's kind of clever, huh? <laughs> so it, it, It's clever, but you know what? I'm a liberal on many issues, and if you're really a liberal and you're concerned about your fellow Americans and jobs for Americans, I have to make the point it was conservatives that first tapped into illegal immigration to, to uh, drop the wages of American workers, both political parties, folks. Yes. Um, you got to be honest with each other yeah. about this. I, and I love your beginning because of that point that you make. Yeah, you are, are totally right. And uh, it, it has been a bipartisan uh, situation because there are those a that... Bipartisan have wanted, betrayal. Yeah, yeah. A bipartisan betrayal. It, it really has been. And in essence, it really hurts everyday, hardworking Americans. Um, quickly, we have just a few minutes before we go to break. Uh, can you address the, uh, the, the diseases that are coming in? I mean, this puts little American children at risk, I believe. It absolutely does. We've seen diseases that we thought we had vanquished, whether it's resistant tuberculosis or tropical diseases that we never saw here. 
you know, the open borders crowd, the immigration anarchists, as I call them, always, you know, pine for the Ellis Island was closed. You know, if we reopened Ellis Island, they'd be the first ones to start, you know, <laughs> dropping lawsuits. Ellis Island was a quarantine station. At the time that it was completed, it was the biggest hospital complex in the United States. And it was there for two reasons, to prevent the entry of diseases, because remember, this is prior to antibiotics, an eye infection could kill you back then. And it was also to make certain that people who came, the immigrants who came, were physically able to work and support themselves. The grand staircase that everybody had to walk up going into the hall was actually a cardiac test because they would position nurses and doctors along that staircase, and if somebody walking up the stairs was wheezing or had to stop several times, they were put back on the boat because clearly they were unable to support themselves if you couldn't walk up a tall flight of stairs. So as Americans, we have the right to determine who comes into our country, just as as individuals we have the right who comes into our homes, and we do that with the peephole on our front door, don't we? So when I helped Arizona with the lawsuit that was outrageously filed by the Obama administration against Arizona over SB 1070. I described the four, first four years of my career with the INS, which lasted 30 years. With my first four years, I was an inspector at Kennedy International Airport, and I described being an immigration inspector as the time that I had my eye to the peephole on America's front door. Well, I want to make just a comment regarding we're we're talking about immigration and, and the border. I mean, it, it, you know, it's a big conversation. But this last weekend, I was down at a, a really terrific retreat down at the Broadmoor. And as I went back to my room, I you know, I closed the door, I locked the door. And I, I thought about it from a, an immigration standpoint. Those that want open borders would basically say there should be no doors on the on the rooms at the Broadmoor. And I tell you what, nobody would really like that idea. That would mean there would be no doors. Somebody could come in. They could, uh, you know, they could take whatever they wanted of mine. Great metaphor. And Great metaphor. So let me, let me, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I want to make the point. I know we're short on time. We're going to break. The wall on the border is the equivalent of a door on America. The drones and the helicopters and the sensors are burglar alarms. So here's the thought as we go, as you go to your break. Would anybody put an expensive burglar alarm on a house that didn't even have a front door? Ah, Good point. So, Michael Cutler, we're going to go to break. uh, And when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about the drones, the technology, because there are those out there that opine that that is all that we need. In studio with me is uh, Kim Sturtz, Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance as my guest host. We're going to go to break and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues, uh, news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversa- uh, conversation. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, and offering a conservatarian perspective. And really just pleased to have in studio with me today, Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook as my co-host. You're, you're, you're my wing man and woman today. It's great to have you here. You're with Home Mortgage Alliance, and you're a very valued partner of mine. I like flying fast. Yeah, that's right. And on the line with with me is uh, Michael Cutler. He is a former special agent with the INS. And, you know, Michael Cutler, I really consider you a friend. We have great conversations. But we met up at Grand Lakes uh, Constitution uh, Week. That was really a fun time. 
Yes, it was. It was, it was fabulous. And I was so honored to be the keynote speaker and riding on the back of that Corvette. Uh, I have to tell you, I will never forget it. It was one of the most exciting moments of, of all of my journeys across this great nation. You looked and the like hospitality a, that you and your neighbors uh, extended to me was amazing. You looked like a, a kid in a candy shop. You were having a blast up there. And who couldn't? I know. You know beautiful, beautiful environment. The hospitality was like nothing uh, anybody could imagine. Uh, I felt like I really belonged up there. Uh, but I have to tell you, as I travel around America, I get a lot of feelings of warmth and support. Um, because, you know, this, this toxic nonsense about identity politics is tearing America apart. And I have to make that point. If you really believe that Latino Americans are different from all other Americans because they're Latinos, then you're a fool and a racist. All Americans have shared concerns, shared values, and shared dreams. And I don't care if you lean left, right, or center. If you're rational, you want the government to keep us safe. You want the military to do its job to keep our enemies as far from us as possible. You want police to keep the streets safe. You want the schools to educate our children. And you want to know that any American, irrespective of what I call insignificant factors, race, religion, ethnicity, gender, these are superficial. Any American who studies hard, works hard, and benefits perhaps from a little bit of good luck thrown in for measure can write the next success story. So when you hear this nonsense, black voter, Jewish voter, Latino voter, this is crazy talk. If you want to do demographics, certainly uh, I'm retired. My concerns are much different from my kids who are first starting out. The person who has you know, a college education has different concerns from the person that dropped out of high school. Those are legitimate differences. People that live in, a, in an agrarian culture are different from people who live in the cities. I get that. But when we allow the pollsters and the politicians and the pundits, the triple P, to engage in this kind of you know, uh, balkanization of America, then we're undermining our country. It's un-American. It's dangerous. And it creates lots of problems. We need to stand up to this craziness. Uh, totally, totally agree. And, and one of the things that uh, has been somewhat divisive is the border wall. What's your comments regarding this uh, this deal that you know that President Trump signed? Uh, uh, you know, it had some money in there for the border wall. What is your comments on that, Michael Cutler? Well, I think it was a lousy deal. Uh, look, it, it calls for fewer beds. It allows people who have unaccompanied minors living with them to stay in the United States. It's clear that the reason people oppose the border wall isn't because they don't think it's effective. It's, they do know it would be extremely effective. They want open borders. Immigration has become a delivery system, not a law enforcement system. It delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor, not just the illegal aliens, the H-1B visas. Alan Greenspan, 10 years ago, testified to Schumer. And, and said that we created a privileged, <clears throat> pardon me, a privileged elite out of America's high-tech workers. Privileged elite. This is a guy that has a mansion in the Hamptons. And he said the solution to wage inequality was to make American workers compete with foreign workers to eliminate that wage premium. In other words, slash their salaries so that we would greatly reduce inequality in wages between Americans with skills and those with lesser skills. In other words, if we get rid of the middle class, the poor won't have anyone to be envious of anymore. I mean, this is so anti-American and so antithetical on everything that America stands for. It's about destroying the American dream, even as we talk about the DREAM Act. And for all the complaints about the letter A in DREAM Act, alien, it's a remarkable thing that the word alien, which 
Carter tried to expunge from our vernacular, not because of political correctness. Let's stop talking about political correctness. That's a lie. This is Orwellian. If you control language, you can control thoughts, and you can control the understanding that people have of issues. So this dreaded word alien is part of the DREAM Act, but don't use it any other place. And by the way, the American dream need no longer apply to Americans if these people on both parties get their way. Well, but I and so going back to the the uh, deal, I think Trump, I think he had to sign it. Uh, it did have some he money did because they couldn't shut down the government. Yeah. But the problem is, the problem is anyone who tells you that we don't have a crisis when sixty three thousand people died of opiate overdoses last year. That's like a football stadium getting blown up. If someone blew up a stadium, as they did in that wow. movie Black Sunday, everybody would pay attention. Every day, hundreds of people are dying because of drug overdoses. More people are being killed by illegal aliens who don't have licenses. And you have jurisdictions telling the police, don't enforce drunk driving laws in quote-unquote immigrant communities because you're scaring the immigrants. Look, when we're told that we've got to protect the immigrants from immigration law enforcement, my, my head wants to explode. Immigration authorities give those folks their lawful status. It's like saying drunk drivers need to be shielded from the police. If you're a motorist driving legally and you have a license and you're doing what you're supposed to do, you need not fear the police. They're not going to bother you. If you're driving 90 miles an hour through a school zone, you better be worried about the cops because they're going to put you in jail and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Why is it that, that no one seems to get the point? But it, part of the problem is the use of the word immigrant. You know, if you talk about enforcing immigration laws, you're anti-immigrant. No, you're pro-enforcement. We need to gain control over the language of the debate because language in a debate is the equivalent of seizing high ground into the military. You are absolutely right on that, Michael Cutler. We're going to have to have you back to talk a little bit more about that because we have this last thing, and we we touched on it, but that is technology. There are many that say that we don't need a border wall, That and and you touched on it, but that drones and technology could actually... It's a Rube Goldberg. It's a Rube Goldberg. And, you know, think of Occam's razor. The simplest solution is often the best solution. We need technology, but first we need the wall. The idea of no border wall and technology won't work, okay? That's the point. Because once you've identified the fact that an alien ran the border, then the limited resources of the Border Patrol are called into action. And then what do these aliens do? But they yell political asylum, and everything stops, and it jams up the system, which is the whole point of this exercise, is to make immigration law enforcement ineffective. Well, and another argument in this whole thing and that people, and, and I think I finally have gotten a good answer to it, but they say, well, but if you build a wall, you mentioned though, if you build a 20-foot wall, there will be a 25-foot ladder or there will be tunnels underneath. And I had to think a lot about it, Michael Cutler, but it's like, okay, so somebody might come in my basement window. That doesn't mean that I don't make sure that I lock my front door, Right. Right, and, and locks have defeat time. No lock is impervious to the, to the skilled picker. So you do as much as you can to minimize the numbers. People escape from jails. We don't stop building jails, and we don't stop, start taking walls off of prisons. It would get the numbers down to manageable levels. The biggest problem we have is that we are overwhelmed. We're a country of 50 border states. Interior enforcement is really the pivotal issue that I'd love to talk with you about on, on the next time. But interior enforcement has never existed because 
the lawyers and everybody else, the Chamber of Commerce, want this flood of humanity because they see huge profit even at the expense of human lives. To them, people killed are speed bumps on the path to globalism. Okay, we only final thought then, and that is it's going to touch on those that say that it is uncompassionate to have a border wall. You've got about two minutes. What would you say? Okay, why aren't we looking at the impact it has on Americans? We're flooding American schools with kids who can't speak, read, or write English. The Congressional Budget Office says it costs 20 to 40 percent more to educate those kids. American kids with learning disabilities are not getting the services they need. More money being spent on English as a second language. Wages are going down. And think of the people who die coming to America. This is America being used as a safety valve for the third world is not a good model. This prevents countries like Mexico from finally living up to their obligations to their own citizens. Uh, We can be compassionate, but suicide isn't compassion. Countries Mm -hmm. have to look out for their own citizens before they look out for anyone else. The way that families don't give to charity if they can't feed their own children. The country needs to stand for its own citizens. Uh, You know, there's a credit card company that says membership uh, has its rewards. For Americans, citizenship should have its rewards. Well, and it seems that these countries, uh, it seems like instead of importing all these people into our country, uh, if we export the idea of why America is great, and you, you talked about the differences, certainly we have these differences, but in our founding, what they're saying is each individual has this right to pursue life, or life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It doesn't have a guarantee. Yeah. And that is one of the, that vision is what has made America so special and why people have wanted to come here. You don't see a caravan going to Venezuela right now, Michael Cutler. But isn't it ironic that the Venezuelan dictator is saying he has no crisis on his borders just the way that the loons in this country are saying the same thing? And by the way, Venezuela has a relationship with Hezbollah and terrorist organizations. Latin America is a big problem. It's a hotbed for Hezbollah, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, the tri-border region of Brazil is where there are terror training camps. How in the world you could not want to do everything possible to stop a flood of criminals, terrorists, and narcotics into the United States, as well as labor that would drive down the wages for American workers and bring possibility, the possibility of disease that you mentioned is insanity. The, the border wall would not stop people from entering the United States. People got to be crystal clear. This isn't about sealing off America. It's about funneling all traffic through a port of entry through where they door. can be vetted and inspected. It's like, would you get on an airplane if you saw people sneak past TSA? People who sneak past the port of entry are the equivalent of people who sneak past TSA. All that the border wall does is funnel everybody into a port of entry. If there's no wall, then we don't know they're here and we don't screen them, and God knows what we wind up with. Well, Michael Cutler, thank you so much. Your website is michaelcutler.net, michaelcutler.net, correct? And I've got my radio show tonight, yes, the Michael Cutler Hour blog talk radio, 7 p.m. East Coast time. I write for The Social Contract. Uh, and I write for Front Page Mag. Most of my articles are at frontpagemag.com. Good stuff. Great stuff. And so please check it out. Have a great weekend. Hey, you too. 